Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Welcome back to The Paper Fold. I am your host, Sarah, the paper nerd, and I'm so glad to be back nerding out with you on my favorite topic, stationery. My guest today debuted her brand in 2019 and since then has been navigating a heady, dramatic trajectory. Girl with Knife is more than just an award-winning brand. It's a state of mind and a lifestyle. Just ask its gorgeous and somewhat enigmatic founder, Alicia Castaldi. In 2022, Alicia received the highly coveted and competitive Louis Artist of the Year Award. In 2023, she was a finalist for the Writer of the Year Award. During our interview, you will hear me misspeak and call Alicia Writer of the Year, which was a Freudian slip on my part. Her stylized designs, especially on cards, deftly blend visual and verbal elements into distinctive, breathtaking, and autobiographical imagery that evokes an emotional connection from all who enter its orbit. To me, that is the girl with knife magic in a nutshell. We all want in on that sharp, beautiful edge. Several years back, I profiled Alicia on the Mohawk Paper blog and wrote this about that edge. It's not just the edge of the exacto blade. Alicia wields with surgical precision to create her work, but also the edge of a black stiletto heel, a perfectly manicured nail, or a witticism that's simultaneously sharp and loving. To me, that element is at the core of the entire brand, which encompasses not just home items like pillows and art prints and candles, but entire houses, aka knife houses. Part of the wonder is that I never know what Alicia will do next. For example, since we recorded this episode, Alicia received major international press with a 10-page spread in Ola Magazine, Spain, devoted to her knife house, Palm Springs. It's like something out of La Dolce Vita to see the power couple, better known as Alicia and her husband David, aka Boy With Knife, cavorting on these colorful pages. And Alicia was just featured in a new book called Wisdom of Wildly Creative Women by Angela Lomenza. The entire group just did a signing at LA's famed Book Soup. And did I mention that that group of wildly creative women includes Drea De Matteo, who you may recall portrayed Adriana on The Sopranos. In my more than a quarter century covering the stationary market, I can't think of anyone else doing anything like this. Someone recently told me podcasting was still in its Wild West phase. Well, to Alicia, so is stationary and home decor. And I also need to mention that Alicia has a very special place in my heart as she was the first supporter of this podcast. I think any creative knows how meaningful it is to have people you respect supporting you as you find your own footing. So it is my pleasure and honor to chat Alicia up here right after this. 
Hey nerds, when I started this podcast, it took time to find my stride, but I was beyond fortunate to have one infinitely iconic bitch in my corner cheering me on, reminding me that I was having a human experience and slaying it was well within reach. I am referring, of course, to the crown jewel of the Paper Fold podcast crown, Girl with Knife, and of course, the girl behind that knife, Alicia Castaldi. If you haven't yet gotten acquainted, this brand is your new BFF in paper goods and now home decor as well. The card I just quoted, remember, you're an infinitely iconic bitch having a human experience, just won a 2023 Louis Award in the Humorous Friendship and Encouragement category. Inspired by an unforgettable encounter Alicia had with a majestic green dragonfly, it celebrates the unflinching resilience of the female spirit. Once you see it, you'll be surprised by how powerful a humble greeting card can be, and also why in 2022, Alicia was named Artist of the Year. And that's just one tiny taste of the latest and greatest from the enchanting Girl with Knife world. New this summer are two candle releases I cannot wait to sniff. Poetic Chaos, Essence of White Flowers, and Rogue Floral, Essence of Exotic Petals. Along with some matching gift wraps and irresistible card designs, it can all be shopped in the exquisite design haven better known as the Daniel Richard Showroom in Atlanta and Dallas. Can't make it to market? You can always hit this fair top shop 24-7. Meanwhile, if you're a paper nerd out in the wild looking to express your best self as you uplift those you adore, I'm a little jealous that you get to experience this fantastic and fantastical world for the first time. Head on over to girlwithknife, all spelled out, .com and immerse yourself. I guarantee your stationery, as well as your living and workspaces, will slay. Alicia, I am so excited to have you on. Welcome to the Paper Folds. Oh my God, it's such a pleasure to be on your podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Well, your sensibility is so distinctive. Uh, your work doesn't look like that of anyone else. And better still, it always takes me in a new direction and leaves me guessing. So let's start at the beginning with your design process, which as far as I know, is pretty singular. Can you take us through it? And how does your knife work into it? Absolutely. Uh, yes, it's definitely a process that I sort of developed Um you know, since my days at RISD. Actually, when I was in high school, I was very influenced by an illustrator who was in my family who worked with cut paper. So that was probably my earliest influence to pick up an X-Acto knife and start to work that way. But at the same time, I also had a love for paint. So the, you know, I sort of like married the two things. And then when I was at RISD, we started like working with the computer and I fell in love with Photoshop. So the one thing that I love so much about Photoshop is that, you know, I always say that I'm a control freak with commitment issues. <laughs> so I'm, I able to, right? like I'm able to paint all the things that I want to paint, but I paint them all on white so that I can cut them all out. And then play with them and layer them like a collage, but I'm creating all the collage elements myself. And then I take, you know, my love for fashion magazines plays into it because I'll take like clippings from Vogue or wherever and just like take little textures. And I have a huge, huge library of those textures that I pull from mm -hmm. and I put them into my art. And you can see them most clearly like if you look at my shoes that I paint, like there'll be like a little detail that will be from a magazine 
Mm-hmm. And then, so it all goes down in Photoshop. Basically. <laughs> so it's like digital Photoshop collage. Yeah. Yeah. So no That's clue right. necessary. So right, me, right. The, the commitment of phobe, I don't have to worry about like putting something down and then being like, oh, damn, I'm stuck with it that way. Right, right. And it's messy. It'll never, you'll never get the glue off. Yeah, you can never get it perfect. <laughs> and also, I want to say, I am a control freak with control. Or no, wait, I'm sorry. I am a control freak with commitment issues. Needs to be a card. A card, right? You see, you know, my one liners are just, <laughs> they're always flowing. <laughs> they're just cards waiting to happen. Hey nerds, since our beloved stationary community is scattered to the four winds, it is very easy for makers to feel isolated and alone. It is also too easy to open up your Insta, see the success of other brands from the outside, and feel completely lost. But feel lost no longer. KMB Wholesale Intensive is a powerful tool to take your business to the next level. The self-study, self-paced course was created by my dear, inspiring friend, Catherine Hildner of Kitty Meow Boutique, a stationary range that is fun, fierce, and specifically designed to make women feel confident, empowered, and courageous. These distinctive offerings can be shopped in over 1,300 stores and 13 countries around the world, and Kat wants makers to experience the same with their own offerings. So, this Dynamo Mentor has condensed the secrets of her success into the newly reconfigured KMB Intensive. Six training videos are paired with clear homework to take focused and aligned action, plus their spreadsheets, checklists, templates, swipe copy, and workshops galore to inform your own path. This easy, affordable program will have you navigating the wholesale stationary scene like a seasoned pro as you enable your brand to truly blossom. Lesson one focuses on all important pricing, ramping up your range and your wholesale catalog. Lesson two is all about pitching your line with confidence and a streamlined strategy. Lesson three delves into product and shipping, packaging, customer experiences, and the all important tool of delegating. Lesson four tackles implementing solid SEO, another biz essential. In lesson five, Kat takes on a real doozy that I know is a huge challenge for other makers, marketing and selling without being a creeper. And finally, the course closes with lesson six, plan of attack to snag those sales at market. I have seen Kat at many shows and take it from me, that girl works them like nobody's business, except maybe yours. I love that this coursework is designed to be tackled on your own time as you can. So many of us juggle families and other jobs, so you study when you can, no guilt required. All this easy to access and revisit knowledge is so affordable at $397 or two payments of $203. That price also includes access to the private KMB Wholesale Intensive Community on Facebook, where you can interact in real time with others who are also serious about scaling their wholesale strategies. Help is never far away. And with the KMB Wholesale Intensive, Catherine is there for you and most likely has encountered your challenge already. She is so transparent and inspiring, it is difficult not to be infected with her enthusiasm. Kat is graciously giving Paperfold listeners 50 bucks off the purchase with the code PAPERNERD, all one word, all in caps. Meanwhile, as the summer markets kick off, Kitty Meow Boutique is releasing 20 new fantastic designs. Wholesale friends, shop this esteemed five-star house of paper on Fair 24 and if you are a paper nerd in the wild, start your shop at kittymeowboutique.com. And don't forget, if you are not seeing this brand on the shelves of your favorite card and gift shop, ask the owner to stock it already. So get on this already, kitty cats, and be sure to tell Cat that Sarah sent you. That's 
takes me right into your my next question for you, which is like where your messaging comes in in this process because it's all about the smart verbiage. Like once you have the image, like the verbiage that makes it crackle. Um, for example, uh, you you have a thanks a bundle card, and it depicts a big pile of Vogue's tied in a bundle. Um, it's so clever and easy, and like I still remember opening it up and being like, "Oh my gosh, it makes so much sense!" But it's so it's so fashionable. Um, <laughs> so you sent it, you know, several to me several years back, and you know, to receive when a lot of times I see a card on a screen, but it's when you receive it that you really understand its impact. Um, and, you know, as the winner of the highly competitive writer of the year, Louis award, um, it's obviously not just me that feels that way. So can you take me through us through briefly the creation of that design, like which came first, the bundle or the message? Uh, so I think, when I was looking at my cards, like my designing my whole line at the very beginning, I definitely wanted to, it was a chance to tell a story about who I am. And like mm -hmm. each card really plays into that. So for me, my love of fashion, like I really wanted to infuse my line with, with fashion. So mm -hmm. that pile yeah. of September issues, like after a long summer and you get these thin little flimsy issues, like that stack of September issues that shows up at your door is so iconic. And like, I really wanted to immortalize that, you know? And so sometimes like you'll get the message first, but other times you just really want to paint a bunch of Vogue's and how do <laughs> I work that into my line, you know? <laughs> So it's really a bit of, of everything. I, I have this huge list of little one-liners in my phone, in my, the uh -huh. notes section. And so, you know, but then again, I also like just get the desire to paint certain things. And so that comes first. But I do have to correct you. I did not win the Louis for Writer of the Year. It was Artist of the but I was nominated. <laughs> you were nominated. Just, oh, yes. Well, obviously, we, uh, that reveals which one I... I feel like you're worthy of both, but for me, <laughs> I know that, you know, to me, a good card, it's visuals, but it's verbiage and there's a certain, you know, blending. And to me, like you get it all. And, you know, to take the, the September issue of Vogue, which means so many things to so many people, you look forward to it, like something arriving, but it's also like so much fashion, you know, crammed into you know a little area and you're like taking the gratitude you have for a good friend or someone who did something for you and like putting that in the equation and it's just so it's just so effortless and smart and um and I I just think it's so different and uh I'm so and I'm sorry it's so brighter of the year and Oh, that's okay. No. That's okay. <laughs> Honestly, I've been called worse things than writers here. <laughs> um, so you, I know you've won a few profanity awards, which ties into this is true. Ties like my, my snarkiness and my profanity, like my Rhode Island roots are definitely uh, being celebrated. <laughs> so yeah, speaking of which, you've said your work is very autobiographical, um, which I think is part of the reason it is so compelling is because it's it's personal um so like i i have one of your number 10 ca sized cards those are long narrow rectangular horizontal cards 
Um, Partners in Mischief Throughout All Lifetimes. It depicts a white cat and a black cat frolicking in an enchanted garden. And the image is also on a lumber pillow um, without the message. And when I first saw the card, I literally snapped a pic and texted it to my very best friend because I immediately thought of her and like all the trouble we get into. Because uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's such a it's such a let's get into trouble card. Um, and she said it brought her to tears um, when she saw it. Uh, but what's even cooler about the image is that both those cats are yours, so to speak. The white is your rescue princess Vespa, who you currently own. But the black kitty, Ebony, is from your child, is your childhood pet. Um, so often we don't think of a consumer product being so personal, but yours are. Um, so I have to ask you, um, how much of your work does contain these personal stories? All of it. All of it Jeez. does. Yeah, pretty much all of it. And actually, you're going to love this story because that card itself is very layered. So mm-hmm. there's multiple meanings for the card. So number one is my childhood cat, who was a rescue cat, very like scrawny alley cat was all black and my current cat is all white and they're like the exact same weight, shape, everything. So it's just like a complete x-ray of, you know, one to the other. And I always, always wanted to put those two together um, in a print because, you know, my cat Ebony went through so much with me when I lost my brother when I was 14 years old. And so like, it was just me and Ebony and, you know, she went through it all with me. And uh, then, of course, my current cat is like my world. I mean, she's my child. So so it's just like so cool to to put that very spiritual, beautiful thing. Like, I really do believe that somehow Vespa is sort of like the reincarnation of Ebony, you know, so that I could do it all over again. So that's really (laughs) neat. But then the other layer to it that's really fun is my best friend, Francesca, who is plastered all over my social media. Yeah, I know, she she, is I know like, her. I feel like I, I know her just from seeing your Instagram, but go on. I know. And she is like my x-ray too. So she has like the platinum blonde hair. I have the like the jet black hair. And we're often in pictures together, like with black and white on. And it's just this whole like yin and yang thing. So it's also like an homage to us being the ultimate troublemakers that we are. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so it's really cool. I love it. And I love how these, these, it's like your your work is like a glimpse into your subconscious. Like, it's just like, because in your subconscious, they're playing together. You're playing, you know, it's just, and you're bringing it to life. And I don't know, maybe that's why it feels so magical. Um and I so obviously if they're all sort of autobiographical, they're all auto, they're all your automatic favorites and they're also special to you. But, but I forgot to ask you a little bit in the last question, when when you are working, how do you know when it's done? Like how do you know when you have a winner? How do you know when it's like enough, this is done? Yeah, yeah. You definitely don't want to belabor things. Like mm-hmm. I like things to be fresh, and if I like think too hard about something or I'm on the fence about something, I just won't do it because Mm -hmm. ultimately like I'm the one who's going to be walking through my warehouse, looking at different things being like, like I never want to not fully connect with something 
mm-hmm. because it's going to be immortalized in my line and it is part of the story. And I've never retired a skew yet. I mean, I may at some point, but as of now, I've never retired a skew. Mm-hmm. So I'm always thinking like, you know, is this truly like a, a piece of my brand that I want to express? So. Right. Right. I get it. When I'm writing an article sometimes and, you know, writing is rewriting. So I'm just going at it again and again. And like a lot of times I know it's done when I can't look at it anymore. Like if I can't look at it, if I can't think about it, like, okay, that's it. It's going out into the world. (laughs) Right. Right. You just, you just have a gut feeling. Like you just know, and, and you have to, it's about trust too. You have to trust yourself that because you can second guess yourself out of anything yes you know yes yes totally I am working with my daughter on her college essay now people would think oh your mom's a writer it's going to be super easy (laughs) it's not and part of the thing is part of the thing is that she's so second guessing herself and she's going on to TikTok and reading all these videos all these kids put up videos of their winning college essays that get them into Stanford and she's like well this one has this and this one has this and mine doesn't it's like you can't Look at any of that. Just stay in your lane, you know, do something good and stop like questioning yourself. It's, it's, it's weird with her because she's so like me, like I, sometimes it's like looking in the mirror and like, (laughs) at any rate, um, I work with a lot of smaller maker clients. And usually the first thing I ask them is like, where do you want to go? What do you want your trajectory to be? And a lot of them with that rightful trajectory, you know, the woman starts the small stationary range with her husband doing the business side, ends up creating a small but powerful design empire, licensing a lot of products. And, you know, the story of um, Anna and Nathan Bond's success has become a stationary folktale that's beyond inspiring, but yours is equally impressive. And I, I think part of the reason I'm so drawn to it is because I love a great outlier. Like it's just so like you came so out of left field and, um, it just feels girl's knife just feels very of our times. And, um, so while rifle gained the established system to build its success, you're doing it on your own terms in your own way. And so let's talk about knife houses. Um, these have gotten a lot of coverage on HGTV and the consumer press, uh, probably not just because they're gorgeous, but they're living environments for the products you create. And um, I believe it was always part of your larger Girl With Knife vision. So can you share the backstory with my listeners? It's so far out. Yes. Um, So we started going out to Palm Springs like in 2015. Our friends, like some of my best friends had a house there. They were renting and we really fell in love with the area and it was, everything was really surrounded by my cat. I was like, how can I go on a little vacation and bring my cat, you know, <laughs> as one does. So we were like, oh, Palm Springs is perfect. We'll get a, you know, a house in Palm Springs. We can bring the cat. We can go there every few weekends uh, for a little crash pad. And then with me and David, like we're very eccentric. So a little idea turns into an extremely big idea like very fast, (laughs) zero to 60. So we're like, oh, we'll just get a little house. And then suddenly it was like a five bedroom, like palace and, you know, so, but then when I was starting to design it, you know, I was like, oh, I want it to be very mid-century, very fun. Everything in Palm Springs is very fun, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, really vibey, like out of a movie set. 
And so when I was designing it, I was like, I'm not just going to arbitrarily make color choices and like, you know, why don't I just make it based on my brand this way? You know, if we Airbnb it or rent it out, it can have a story about it being about my brand. And so then I started designing with my brand in mind. (laughs) And that was so fun. So then everything became like blush pink and it was like black, white, gold, blush pink. And it really just made sense because you know, then I could pitch it to HGTV and places like that, or they could find me. And then I could talk about Girl with Knife. It's like free publicity. Right. So right, it just right. like all made sense, you know, and then I started. Go on. I'm sorry. No, go on. You signed a. Well, I, I started to be inspired by that to take it further. And like, you know, it was always sort of in my periphery to do other tactile goods that I was interested in. I mean, this Mm -hmm. whole brand is just about what I want to buy. I mean, when you boil it down, it's like, what do I want to buy? How do I make the things that I want to buy? So (laughs) I wanted to suddenly buy pillows and art prints and things like that. And so it just all really snowballed from the the house itself, that one house. And then we were, I was like, oh, well, (laughs) when I go back to LA, I would like to have this in LA too. And so then it started, we started to look at properties in LA as well. Um, Because I had my loft, which I love, I absolutely love my loft, but we, during the pandemic, well, then the pandemic hit too. And so we left LA and we didn't really go back I mean, we were in Palm Springs the whole time. So I was like, you know what, David, we could just sell the loft because I had outgrown my little tiny closet that I had everything in. And then I had like, a you know, a storage unit down the street that I would walk back and forth to. I was walking to the box store on foot, getting like boxes. It's crazy. I was in the box store every other day. You and you were probably in heels. I'm sure you it were. It was in just heels. very drastic. Yeah, here she is. I need one bespoke box to send out to God knows who. Um, I love it. it. But it's, it's like okay, so like when the, uh, you know, it's like a concept house. It's like a stationary concept house, and it's it's yeah. amazing. And and so when I was never in it, I only saw it in pictures. But to me, since Palm Springs, it's my understanding, it was like a movie star retreat. Like they wanted to get out of Hollywood, but they obviously can't go too far because they have to go work. So it was just built as like a place for them to go. So it's already like a little otherworldly and dreamy. Um, So it's just, I mean, they're they're just so awesome. If you are not following Knife House, is it Knife House? On Instagram, yep. what's up? Knife, knife not- House Palm Springs. And then there's nice Knife House, Knife House Design, which is my new venture. Ooh, that is <laughs> I love it. Okay. So somehow you have ended up. I know you I know you were doing it when I saw you in, in San Francisco in spring. I assume it's not done. You're remodeling M- Engelbert Humperdinck's house right now into a knife house. Hey nerds, yes, it's me, Sarah Schwartz, the paper nerd, and I'm dropping back in your episode with an important message about Noted and Gifted happening this April 17th and 18th at the Fort Mason Center for Arts and Culture in sunny San Francisco, California. While my paper guests and I talk a lot about various trade shows and markets on this podcast, 
take it from me. This can't miss happening stands apart from all the rest. First off, this community event is generated not by a corporate entity, but by the Nonprofit Greeting Card Association, led by a committee of engaged volunteers, of which yours truly happens to be one. All of us are committed to meeting maker needs, creating a must-attend event for buyers, and offering an experience that keeps the focus on stellar products and must-meet gift and stationary people. This annual event is the largest gathering of greeting card makers in the country. And this year, Noted and Gifted has been reimagined and reconfigured as a community event by both the stationary and gift community for the stationary and gift community. This West Coast market promises an elevated mix of both these important lifestyle categories presented alongside each other for an unforgettably dynamic buying experience. You just never know what you will discover in the next booth. No matter the role you play in our community, maker, manufacturer, artist, publisher, or designer, this gathering helps us all rise to the next level. Exhibitors can expect move-in ready spaces with hard walls, furnishings, and lights. Meanwhile, the overall design plays more on the idea of an art gallery than tired trade show with neighborhoods creating a distinctive atmosphere for connection and discovery that you won't find anywhere else. Spaces start at just 36 square feet and are ideal for those younger or smaller brands wanting to interact with the larger greeting card and gift community without the stress and investment of a traditional trade show. As you prepare to exhibit, take advantage of the available guidance and support from GCA membership companies along the way. You'll be all all the better prepared to show and sell your creations to the ever-growing list of noted and gifted buyers. So far, buyers have registered from Anthropology, Austin Brooklyn, Cursive New York, Flax Pen to Paper, Mayer, Paper Luke's, the SF MoMA Museum Store, and Sonoma Botanical Garden. And every time I look, there's even more amazing venues planning to walk the event. Simply put, you need these eyes on your artistry. Better still, if you exhibited at any of the winter gift markets, hurry up and register already for discounted pricing and, of course, to secure your prime placement. Oh, and did I mention that qualified buyers attend for free? Miss out on this elevated urban Bay Area event and you miss out on the springtime gift and stationery happening that has grown each year of its fresh five-year existence. There's community, there's connection, there's discovery, and there's design in spades. And you know I can hardly wait. Start planning your trek to San Francisco at greetingcard.org and be sure to tell my friends at the GCA that's Sarah sent you. Um, it sounds like a joke. It's not. <laughs> um, so can you take listeners through, uh, through the story of how you ended up with it and, and where you are now? Yes. So, well, but in between that, I oh. did buy and flip a house that I was intended to stay in, actually, but we're very <laughs> erratic. We, we make rash decisions, us two. So, I love it. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it, during the pandemic, we found this amazing house in Bel Air. We, I renovated it. David and I renovated it over the course of two years. We move in. Everything's great. And then our real estate uh, bestie, my, my friend Brett, was like, oh, my God, the market's so hot right now. We're like, you know, let's just float it out there and see what happens. And sure enough we got an offer we couldn't refuse. So we decided to move. Um, so I was like, oh, you know, 
we're always like flip-flopping. We're like, yeah, you know, let's just get a crash pad. We, it doesn't need to be that big. Why did we ever get a, a house that big anyway? We're just two people and a cat. So, <laughs> as, you know, we ended up bu buying the house across the street. And then we bought the house across the street with full plans to renovate it and make it into another knife house. So I go inside the house. I turn around and I stare at my dream house. And I said, David, I can't live here. You have to sell the house. I can't live here. I can't stare at this house. <laughs> so he sells the house. It's like a Palm, 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 Palm Springs trading spaces. <laughs> yeah, we're just like going off of our gut moment to moment. So then I, you know, I just, I found Engelbert Humperdinck's house and we, we ended up purchasing it. And, you know, I always say that, like, um, the, the people who bought my other Bel Air house won the battle, but they didn't win the war. This <laughs> house is the war. <laughs> so, you know, the closet will be double as big. Everything's double. It's like four floors. It's insane. We're two people. I don't understand what happened, but it'll be fine. That's amazing. And I know you told me um, you became you, you and David became friends with him during the purchase process. And you're going to have him. He's on have tour. Him he's 86. He's on tour. He has all the star quality you could ever imagine. Like he truly has a twinkle in his eye. It's unbelievable. And he's also on Instagram. And you, okay, gotta, you, gotta look him up. you have to look him up. He's a magical man. So, all right. All right. And of course, you're going to have him over for dinner when you're yeah, done. He said he, he wants to see the renovation. He just lives down the street. We basically helped him pack. So we're very, we're very tight. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so um, shifting gears a little bit. Um, when I was chatting with you and Bailey, who's your coordinator of marketing um, in Atlanta in January, um, you I think that was the last time I like saw you and your product in the same place uh so we were we were going through everything you were taking me through all your recent releases and i mentioned that i thought the designs really lent themselves to textiles um that is fabric uh not necessarily just on the pillows that you already do uh which, which are great but items like dish towels eye masks maybe even apparel and tabletop like runners placemats tablecloths like i they just really seem to go into that category and you're already playing in the home um, so I feel like yours is imagery that people would want to live with every day. And it's been, um, your vision or part of your vision possibly all along. So can you share any of your plans in this area? Definitely. Um, you know, as I was saying before, it's really, this is just a study on like, what would Alicia do in the world? And I, I don't, I'm sure that you could say the same. Like I'm so drawn to that, like Kate Spade world where it's like, you can buy a note card, you can buy a runner, you can buy like all of these elevated items, you know, and it's so her, you know, it's like that right. dot or, you know, that like metallic stripe or whatever it is. So creating a world my own world, the girl with knife world is yes, yes. really what I want to do. And I, you know, and that's the thing, like, I don't know, does it, is a dish towel sexy enough for me? I don't know. We'll have to know. see because I, I think it's, it's, it's not the dish towel for me because I don't want to immortalize like doing dishes, but I no. will say 
I love a fun dish towel. <laughs> like but I buy them you, all the time. Right. But could you make doing the being, the, being in the kitchen, working in the kitchen cool? Like I call I my kitchen, I call my kitchen, my kitchen a clove. Like it's my cubicle where I slightly oh. into the dishwasher. Like I once, I once got my mom this dish towel that says, get the hell out of my kitchen. Cause like, that's so the Italian woman, it's like two Italian women in the same kitchen is like a recipe for a disaster. <laughs> I love it. I love but, it. Like, it's already yeah. been done. So, you know, I know the blue cue stuff, like it, it always has me rolling on the floor. Like, um, I can't, I can't even remember them off the top of my head, but they're, they're wonderful. And I just saw some of them in, um, on vacation, but um, I feel like you could make these spaces that we toil in with that a lot of women toil in like very cool with some of these coordinates. And I, uh, I, uh, in spring, I decided, I sort of went, I know, you know, Furbish cause they're in Dan Richards as well. Like I started yeah. getting, uh, I did all my placemats. I decided to get rid of all my, um, I did all the, all the napkins. I'm trying to get everyone in my house to stop using paper napkins, which is like a whole other podcast. But um, <laughs> it's it's like such a funky world when you start bringing these these pieces in. And like if you if you did a napkin that I could throw a cloth napkin that I could throw in the washing machine, I would totally do it. I would totally do a girl with nice table, you know. Especially oh my gosh! Yes, I, I would love that. I re really would love that. I, I definitely have plans to expand into, you know, thoughtfully expand into different, you know, things. Um, first, I think I'm I'm going to take on like the luxury gift space a little more. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I I can speak to it here. Um, mm -hmm. I am developing some perfume oils Ooh. that will accompany my candles. And I always had that in mind because when I chose my candles, I chose scents that would translate into like perfume and body cream and things like that. You know, you wouldn't necessarily want to wear like a pine scented, you know, body oil, but so yeah, so that'll be really fun. And then we'll go from there with like more gifty things. Sure, sure. Well, look, I mean, that's such a logical expansion from your candles. And, you know, it makes sense. And of course, you already have the gorgeous imagery on the candles and the boxes. So it like, you know, it translates into that. And I think it makes a lot of sense to like, take your time and be really thoughtful with every expansion. A, a lot yeah. of ranges, I think they hurry it and it's not like well thought out. And it's, you can tell when something's rushed or I'd like to think, you know. Oh, you can tell for sure. You're an expert. <laughs> <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> Girl. Girl, back to the studio. So I'd like to close uh, by circling back to, to the humble greeting card. Um, and really, just like my last guest, Mary Engelbright, who like has like the crazy licensing empire, it's at the core of everything you do. Like it really is from, I mean, your perk could not be more different than Mary Engelbright's, but like at the, at the core, it's like, you're both very good at expressing yourself in that media. Like your work just so lends itself to that medium. Um, but in, in your hands, it's a vehicle for that sharp wit that just really celebrates uh, the, the those we prize and the shoes we prize most in our lives. <laughs> 
So I'd love to hear uh, what it is about this medium, about the greeting card that you love the most. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love it. I think it's a challenge because you want to distill a sentiment down to like a one-liner, a very impactful one-liner. You don't want it to be too fussy. You don't want to try to say too much. And then with a bold image. So, you know, it's just, it is a challenge to like make it impactful and memorable. Um, You know, when you've done it, like, you know, you know, when you have like a a bestseller on your hands, you can just tell. Um, I was so happy that my, the card that won the Louis this year, the iconic bitch card, because it was like, to me, it was such a, a special moment that I had had in my life and I wanted to immortalize it. And then like, like, I just knew it was going to resonate with people. I don't know why you just know. So that was yeah. really, re- it's rewarding when you like, when it all comes together in a special way. Um, yes. Yes. But I yeah, agree. it's just, you know, the card is just a, such a perfect springboard for like my personality, but also for my, um, you know, my artwork. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my friends call me the emoji queen because like when I text my friends, there's always like this very complex sequence of emojis, like with, with my text messages. So I feel like the card is just that it's like, it's like a one-liner mixed with, you know, this bold image. So I don't know. Like, it's just what I love to do. I love to pair pictures and words together, you know? Yeah. And obviously yeah. I, I did that in my former life with children's books. And so it's just so perfect. And then it's of course very immediate too. Like I can be off to the printer next week, which is really exciting. So I just love the immediacy of the medium too. Absolutely. And I would think that some of your home goods clients, like people who might discuss people who might buy into your pillow, you know, are attracted to your pillow, say, and then they'll be like, well, maybe I'll try a card. Do you see that? And then it, they expanded to stationery, like in the, in more gifted home stores. Um, I think, I mean, I think people are always buying cards. So yeah, I was trying to not answer the door right now, but somebody <laughs> honestly will not leave me alone. Let's go see who it is. It's I fine. Like, honestly, it better be Jesus time. coming from the cross. Hold on. Oh my gosh. Hold on. It's fine. <laughs> Sarah, I am so pleased. But worry. they were lighting fixtures coming from France. So I'm glad I answered. <laughs> That's worth it. You don't want to miss your lighting fixtures from France. Oh my no. gosh, I think they're fabulous. I feel like I am seeing a lot of makers sort of approaching things like a little a little more conceptually, like not singular, like it's a collection, like I'm going to do three pads, but each of them takes on a different thing that we do lists of, or, you know, um, things are more, um, maybe you saw that a little bit at at, uh, some of the markets you were at this summer. Um, Just people seem to want things a little more polished and in collections, like you know what I'm saying? It's uh, not, it's not as much like freewheeling skews. It's more like, a polished whole. Right. Right. And I always think of in terms of collections too. And I Mm -hmm. think that's just from having worked in fashion too. It's Mm -hmm. just like, 
you know, my mind thinks that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, and I was just going to grab your catalog, but yeah, it's, it's the way it's, uh, it's definitely the way I think to approach things as brand it's as it becomes more and more about like a brand personality, like, you, you know, you, you have to do your releases, you know, just very, very curated and like everything is there for a reason. There's no, nothing extra, you know, it's just, it's very polished. And, um, because a lot, because, you know, you have like 0.5 seconds to sell it. (laughs) Right. And like, you know, when I came out with my, you know, right now it's the year of the iconic bitch. So people come into my booth. It's like, this is the year of the iconic bitch. What, what can I sell you? You know, we have cards, we have candles, we have pillows, you know, and, and people just, they love a theme. I think women love a theme too. I think they do too. So even though it's the summer shows, I know that you're probably already starting to think of your theme for next year. Um, so I would never want you to give it all away, but can you give us any, can you give us a hint before we close? Um, hint for next year. I am definitely going to be continuing my love affair with florals. And I think painting flowers is just such a spiritual thing. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I have to, I have to credit Anna Bond for getting us all excited about florals. In fact, I saw her in Atlanta and it was like, it was like seeing Bigfoot. I was like, oh my God, I think that's her. <laughs> I was like, she's not a myth. Um, she does really, she's not just an Instagram feed with hundreds of thousands right. of followers. I know. It was very sweet to see her. I didn't say hello. But anyway, I think she definitely got a whole generation of, of paper people like really jazzed about florals in a, in a new way. I mean, my florals are obviously very different from hers. I mean, half of them, I just like make up off the top of my head. People are like, what flower is that? And I'm like, I have no idea. (laughs) Your your florals have an edge to them. They do. It's, you know, and and your work has, it has, it just has a very, it has a very clean edge, like a knife. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you, Sarah. (laughs) Just let me know if you need any help with your copy. I'm sure you don't. I mean, everything you do always feels very tailored and polished and you know you go on your instagram it's like you know exactly what you're you know it's just everything is on the same page and it feels very effortless i know it's not so (laughs) bravo i mean it's it's just been amazing to um um see you uh it was was it it was the last it was the winner I always mess up this year because of COVID and every my time is all messed up. But it, your first show was winter 20, was it 19? Yes. Yes. Winter was 2019. Like when I think of how far you've come, like you, well, you were polished out of the gate, but I mean, it has really been, you know, such an ascension since then. I mean, it's been a wonder to watch. So I just love it. I can't wait to see Thank what you, you. do. Next. It was just so incredible to to be there in 2019 and to get to meet you. And I mean, it was just, it was incredible. And it feels like, it feels like it's been 20 years. Doesn't it? But it also feels like a blink of an eye. So <laughs> it's wild. I know. But, I know. There was like a pandemic in there somewhere. And I don't yeah, know. Yeah, throwing an apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> but, it 
Thank you're you. just the best. I adore you. Thank you so much for having me. And it's just, it's always so incredible to talk to you and to talk about our love of paper. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming by. I'm so glad I finally had you on. <laughs> Sorry about my doorbell. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Look, I'm not surprised someone stopped to visit and drop off some fabulous, you know, light bulbs. Or, sorry, light only start, my my uh, whole apartment is just full of that kind of stuff right now. It's like, it's my war room at the moment, but all good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know it'll be fabulous. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Alicia, for dropping in the paper fold. I have secretly wanted to have her on since I started this podcast, so I am beyond grateful. Meanwhile, this just documents one distinct moment in Girl With Knife history. While I don't know exactly what Alicia will do next, I do know that it will most likely come out of left field. Finally, thank you for listening. Of course, feel free to give me a five-star rating and review if you are so inclined. The Paperfold is proud to be a member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. To learn more about this dynamic community, please visit evergreenpodcast.com. Thank you so much, nerds. Please stay safe out there.